Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Here's a second chance for you. When, when we have a word, and please, please understand this. It's, it's hard to give a word. When you're, when you're, when you're kind of like, <laughs> is that me, Lord? Is that, is that me? Is that you, God? Is that me? Is that you? You're struggling with that. But in the house of God, this is a safe place. This is what we, I'm going to go ahead and say it, practice. Because in the world out there, you don't have time to practice. The, the, this, people think that church is where we do all the stuff. The stuff is done out there. Like the football team that practices on the field, they practice before they play on Sunday. Well, they get a chance to do all the mistakes <laughs> during practice. It really counts in the real game. What, what, what you do and what I do really counts out there. Oh, it counts in here, too, because the coach is watching, everybody's paying attention, but you have a chance to correct it. You get a chance to, to get it right. You have a chance to go out there and do it well for somebody else's life. You see, somebody's depending on you out there. Somebody's dependent on you out there. Even, hear this part, even in practice sometimes, hear this, even in practice sometimes, there are teammates that need you. There are teammates that need to be encouraged for the moment. There's somebody that needs to get a, a word from a teammate on occasion and not always the coach. You know that sometimes the coach will give a word to you and you don't quite understand exactly what happened and you, you kind of feel like, you know, the coach is supposed to do that, right? I'm the, I'm the coach today. I'm, I'm supposed to give you a word to help you understand something, get a hold of something, and all of a sudden you say, now, wow, I don't quite understand what he said, but somebody else might. Somebody else might. Somebody on the team might. And that somebody on the team might just be you. And if you understand well enough, what you end up doing is you encourage your brother in the Lord. You encourage your sister in the Lord. Now, sometimes it happens privately. Sometimes somebody on the team walks up before the team and says, team, here's what <laughs> coach has been trying to say, but he hadn't been able to connect with us at some point, so let me tell you what he really means. You see, that happens. Now, it may not happen today, but I want to encourage you to understand that can happen in here. And you're, it's okay with me. All I'm going to do is just tap you on the shoulder and say, sit on down. That's good. You've you done well. But, but I'm not going to embarrass you and beat you up and all that kind of thing. I want you to understand that we are going to get it right as we practice in here. And then as we go out to the world, we're going to have a chance to minister the word of God to people on an ongoing basis. No wonder why we're talking about why we appreciate and why we value global evangelism today. We're talking about global evangelism today, been in the last several weeks, been going over the area of our vision, our mission, and our values. And uh, most of us understand what that, that's all about. Our vision is simply seeing our cities change for Jesus from where we live to the ends of the earth. And we talked about our mission is serving the Lord with all humility, holding nothing back that's helpful, proclaim and teach the gospel of Christ publicly from house to house, and testify to all repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ.
got into the area of our values, and what we have not talked about a whole lot are the values that God's given us as a congregation. As we've gotten to these values, we look at what purposeful worship is uh, one of our values, what we, what we value about that, why we value purposeful worship, because God is seeking such to worship him. If he was seeking people that had lots of faith, that'd be one thing. If he's seeking folks that had lots of, getting folks saved all the time, an evangelist, that'd be another thing. If he's seeking prophets, and, but he's seeking those who what? Worship him. So we want to be those kind of people that purposefully worship him. We're going to see the tie-in today, how, how worship, purposeful worship, ties into a global evangelism. Because, I'm, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. Let me give you a little tidbit here. Purposeful worship and evangelism tie in at some, tie in at some point. We're going to talk about that uh, later on today. How purposeful worship ties into global evangelism and why those people that don't even worship God today will become worshipers of him. Just like you did. Just like you did. There was a time you did not worship God. There was a time you worshipped everything else but God. And then you came to the kingdom and all of a sudden things begin to change and you begin to worship him. And then you found out what it meant to worship him in spirit and in truth and it became a different reality for you. Because you found out that he was seeking such to worship him. That's, that's, that's another teaching, but I'm just talking about that. Unbridled excellence was another thing we talked about in reference to a value that we have. And then last week we talked about kingdom teaching. Kingdom teaching and how all this began to tie in us together as well. Today, global evangelism. Defined as this, the preaching and teaching of the gospel, of the gospel of the kingdom, with the intention of converting or making disciples. Go to Matthew chapter 28. We'll start there and we'll get moving. Father, we thank you this morning for the word. We know that it's life. It gives us life and it will help us to grow thereby. We'll receive it now in Jesus' name. Matthew 18, 28 uh, and 19. It says this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you always, even into the end of the age. So global evangelism is simply the teaching of the word, but the preaching of the word as well. Teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. How do we make disciples? We make disciples by preaching the gospel of the kingdom. We talked about why the kingdom teaching is so valuable to us. Well, if you're going to have anything taught to you, it might as well be something that can change your life. Do you know that if you went to another country, you'd be involved with their government? And if you became a citizen of that country, you'd have all the benefits of that country. Well, we are talking about the kingdom of God where we have become citizens of the kingdom of God. And now we have all the benefits of the kingdom of God. So if anybody came to you preaching the gospel of another kingdom, that kingdom is what the one you receive. But because you heard the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom is what salvation comes from. Watch this. Healing comes from. Deliverance comes from the gospel of the kingdom. You see, in the kingdom are all the benefits and all the, the realities that we experience in life as a kingdom citizen. So without you take the kingdom away, healing and deliverance and being set free and having salvation, those things don't exist in the kingdom. They don't exist in the kingdom if the kingdom's gone. So we have now the kingdom of God. That's why we preach the kingdom. We preach the kingdom so that people can come to understand who the king of this kingdom is. And when they understand who the king of the kingdom is, they have a chance now to become disciples in this kingdom. Now watch this part. He says, go therefore and make disciples. Didn't say go therefore and make uh, any kind of people to make, make a bunch of saved folks. He said make disciples. 
people that are disciplined, disciplined ones, the ones that are going to carry out their kingdom assignment. A disciple is one that's going to get an assignment from God and carry that assignment out and do it. Now listen to this. A disciple being made is a process. A disciple showing up is just a disciple that just showed up. You may be called a disciple the first day you're on the program. First day you show for the business, first day you show for kingdom, your kingdom assignment, you're a disciple. But what do you really know? You don't know a whole lot, do you? That's why he says to make disciples. So we're making disciples over a lifetime. And that lifetime of discipleship is what causes us to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. To go in all the world and do what? To make disciples. A disciple who is not a disciple can't make disciples. Come on, talk to me. A disciple who becomes a disciple and is being made over time becomes a disciple that's going to make other disciples because that's the assignment that we have. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Then he just says this, of all nations. So that means everywhere. That means going to all the world and do this whole thing. So how many disciples do we have in a church? When does discipleship stop? Discipleship does not stop. Because it doesn't just start with me and making disciples. It continues with those who have been made disciples. Those who have been made disciples are the ones that continue to make more disciples and make more disciples. How does the church grow? Because disciples are being made. How does the church stagnate? Because disciples are not being made. Disciples have to be made. Huh. Interesting thing about discipleship, I'm not a dog trainer. I don't profess to be even a dog liker. <laughs> but, 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 but hear, hear this, hear this, hear this. Hear this, hear this. I'm, in, I'm, I'm being, I'm going to get back up here, bulletproof. This thing is bulletproof. This thing is bulletproof right here. Y'all can't shoot me. But hear this part, hear this part. If you have an animal that refuses to be broken, that animal can't be trained effectively. Hmm. I've seen, there's a next door neighbor of mine, we had, I lived in Compton, we had a dog next door, a man next to him named Mr. Buck, he had a dog, he'd, he raised Doberman Pinchers. He raised a lot of Doberman Pinchers, most of the Doberman Pinchers are really nice. One was named Wicked. Wicked was mean. <laughs> Wicked couldn't be trained. All Wicked would do is eat and bite people. That's all Wicked would do. Could not be trained, and he said, I don't know. I've trained all these other dogs over. I can't, this one dog just won't be trained, refuse to be trained. Now, a disciple, a disciple, you, you shoot him, right? A disciple that refused to be discipled is not going to be made a disciple. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. But a disciple that refused to be a disciple what you going to do with him? What you going to do with them? Let me give you a hint. You still got to love them. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So we still got to love them. But if they refuse to be made a disciple, you have to come back to them later. I got a revelation just the other day. I... Uh, a situation happened several years ago that I was uh, dismissed from an organization. I was dismissed. 
me and a bunch of other guys were just missed. Um, and, and not knowing all the details, I felt like, you know, what's your problem? You, you've been dismissed for such a situation, you didn't know all the, all the facts. You thought you had all the facts, but you didn't know all the facts. Well, come to find out that as a disciple, I had to submit, submitted to the process. Didn't understand the process, but submitted to the process. Understand the process today a whole lot more. Because in the time, I wouldn't have understood why I was being dismissed among all these other people. The reason was, was for our protection. For our legal protection. I mean, <laughs> for our financial protection. There was a lot of things going on I didn't know about. And I, it was like one of the need to know basis. I didn't need to know at the time because I would have been broken by what I would have found out. So being a disciple at that time, I had to submit to the one discipling me and realize that I didn't understand it, even hated him to some degree, had to repent about that because he asked me what should I have done differently and I had a chance to talk to him about it and the answer that I gave him wasn't a good answer still, but I still gave it to him. He still didn't rebuke me again. So, so now understanding We've had to go back and do the repentance thing again. We've had to go back and, and apologize, had to go back and say some nice things again and get back on the right track because he did it for what? Our benefit. Disciples don't always understand what's being done for their benefit. That's why disciples are made and just, just don't show up. Oh, no, I must say that again. That's why disciples are made and just don't show up. You don't show up ready. I didn't see. I thought I was ready. There's some areas in my life, you, see, you don't know all the stuff that goes on with me, too. I get rebuked, too. I get corrected, too. I got folks that look at my life and go, poor kid, he thinks he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Man, poor guy, he doesn't even understand, but he'll get it one day. You ever say that? They'll get it one day. They'll, they'll, they'll understand one day. And that one day came for me, and I understood. I said, you know what? Wow. If he wouldn't have did that all of this would have happened in my life. I would have been inspired. I would have been out of control. All kind of things could have happened to me that I wasn't ready for. Let me protect his integrity. Let me protect his future. Wow. Somebody that cares enough for us that way, that's how we ought to disciple. See that? We ought to disciple people that way so they can, they can go out and make disciples also with the same kind of spirit, same kind of attitude, the same kind of way of functioning. So global, global evangelists, we value that because of that reason. An evangelist is a person who seeks to convince others to be disciples. Seeks to, seeks to convince to be disciples in the kingdom of God through pro public proclamation. That's what an evangelist does. They proclaim or herald the word of God. The evangelist will come into a congregation and he's really pumping up the, the saints. But an evangelist evangelist will go to the world and convince them to become disciples of Christ. Here's so. How so? Because he's preaching the kingdom. The message of the kingdom has everything that they could ever hope for or desire in their lives because they can't get it apart from the kingdom. So they don't want salvation. They want the kingdom. They want the king. They want to be able to overcome in life. They can't overcome until they get the kingdom. 
Get in the kingdom because the king himself provides all the things necessary for people to live according to as kingdom citizens. You can't live as, as a kingdom citizen until you are in the kingdom. That's the born again part, right? We get born again. We're born again into a new kingdom, born again to a new family, born again to a new lifestyle, born again to a new, whole new life. That whole new life is so much different. And then we become disciples of the kingdom. Different world. So the evangelist goes out and does that. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, go ahead, 2 Timothy right quick. I'm going to read the whole, whole passage here. It talks about doing the work of an evangelist to make full proof of our ministry. 4, one. 2 Timothy 4, one. 2 Timothy 4.1. Read 1 through 5. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who would judge the living and the dead, his, apparently, uh, his, uh, his appearing and his kingdom, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. I tell you, okay? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They have itching ears. They have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, their own kind of teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. And be turned aside to fables. But you, but you, but you, but you, but you. Be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions and do the work of an, of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Now, that, that last part seems to be like a throw in to a statement. That's a real, real tough statement. We go back and we understand some things about. It says, preach the word. Verse number two. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. You see, in season is like when we are prepared to go somewhere and we know that we're about to deliver, so we have prepared ourselves to get there to deliver. Out of season is that we might not expect something about ready to happen that's going to happen. You might go out to lunch today, and you might be considering yourself out of season. And because you're out of season, uh, you don't, you're sitting there having a lunch with your family, talking to your family, laughing and joking, and all of a sudden somebody falls out in the middle of the restaurant, and the Lord has you over, go, go over and lay hands on them, that's out of season. Out of season, but you're in character, right? But you're out of season. Out of season, you have a chance to go lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Out of season, you have a chance to go give them a word at the right moment, but you have to do something else. You have to convince, rebuke, <laughs> convince, rebuke, watch this, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. Now, convince, rebuke, and exhort doesn't sound like it's a really hard thing to do because you can convince people by, by having some good knowledge, right? But rebuking somebody, Sometimes it's going to take a little bit more long suffering. Because when you rebuke anybody, they may not, they may not receive it as well. <laughs> what the Bible says, Selah. Think about that for a little while. He says, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. And, 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 and teaching. And teaching. So you're long-suffering, you're going through this process of having to deal with these people that you don't want to have to deal with, but you have to continue to teach at the same time. It's a process, isn't it? See, making a disciple is all of this right here. Because we're convincing, rebuking, and, and teaching with all long-suffering. We're continually doing, doing that, exhorting with all long-suffering. Always teaching all the time. As we're teaching all the time, we, have found, we find ourselves having to be in love with those people. How does God do it? How does God love the world so much? Why, why, why? I, I couldn't be God. 
I'd be smacking people upside the head. I'd be running people off the freeway for real. I mean, listen, if I, if I couldn't be God. I, I'd say it's one less problem. Boom, gone. That's the way I look at it. I couldn't be God. I couldn't be God. I couldn't be God. But see, I thank God he is who he is. Well, hear this part. He loves me enough, even with my knucklehead self, to still love me. To still love me the way I am. And to love that person I want to run off the road, he still loves them too. Mm. We'll talk about that in a minute. Here we go. For the time will come, here's why we, here's, here's why we do all this stuff, because the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So if we choose not to convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, they will fall into unsound, false doctrine. If I allow somebody to do that, it's to say that I don't love them. It's to say that I don't care about them. If you as a husband or a father or a mother continue to allow people to mistreat your children and you sit there and watch them be mistreated, you are an infidel. Come on, Pastor, that's kind of hard. You as a father, a mother, it's a parent, watch somebody, watch somebody, watch, watch somebody just mistreat your children. <laughs> you, you, okay. You're not going to do that, right? Nobody's going to do that. Listen, your children can be grown and married. If they're married to a fool, you're not going to allow that to happen, are you? Is that right? You see? It's kind of dangerous. It get, get kind of dangerous. That Christians get a little dangerous sometimes. You see, some of you, see, y'all ain't always been saved. I understand that. I understand that part. Some of you got guns, I know. Some of you got guns. I understand that. I, okay. But God still loves you, though. He still loves you. He still loves you. My goodness. I, man, I, think, I, think, about, I think about how God loves us, and we're, so, we're all so different. We're all so different. We have our, well, God, God certainly understands this about me. Well, he does. But not everybody else understands it. You're going to catch that on the way home. You're going to catch that on the way home because you say, I can do what I want to do. So could Jesus, but he didn't. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. So, so the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, but because they have itching ears. Itching ears. So the world, we know the world to have itching ears. Look at the way the world operates right now. The next best thing that comes along. When the iPhone 25 comes out, people will be in line for two years. <laughs> They'll be in line for two years having camped out because they've realized that I couldn't get the iPhone 7 or the 10 or the 12 or the 13. I've got to get in line two years for this iPhone 25. So if I get in line and I don't have a job and just camp out here, have people bring me my food, they don't have a plan for that. Itching ears. That's itching ears. That's not sound doctrine, is it? That's stupidity. <laughs> Insanity. That's crazy. But that's how the world really begins to operate. You watch the way the world, look, look at where the world has come from. 
where we have come from where we didn't have phones to now having phones that we don't even have to have wires on anymore that don't work right half the time. And so, so we, we have the world is itching ears, but there's another, there's another way for them to receive it, which is called convincing, rebuking, and exhorting with all long-suffering and teaching. Those people are us, the ones who have been made disciples. Because we couldn't do this unless we've been made a disciples. If you go back to verse number one, he says, I charge you, I charge you, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead. A charge is not just a simple thing. I charge you. I, I'm telling you this is the way it ought to be. You know, this is the way it's going to be. You see, he said, I charge you in that regard. He says, I charge you that therefore before God and, and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, his, at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Preach the word. Now, this is for every person that's here to preach the word. Now, you may preach differently than I preach. You may not be in a, in a pulpit preaching. You may be in your neighborhood preaching. You may not use a microphone preaching. You may just be very soft in your preaching, but you will convey the word of God. And it also gives you opportunity now to teach the word as well, because it says convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. So we do that because for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's the world. But even people in the church won't endure sound doctrine sometimes. Wow. Isn't that tough? That some people in the church won't endure sound doctrine and, and are not enduring sound doctrine even today. Even today. He said, but according to their own desires, according to their own desires, see, the desires of the world have crept into the church and therefore people have their own desires in the church as well. And so they'll continue to do that kind of thing. He says, according to their own desires, it's because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers. Heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears uh, away from the truth. Now, to heap up for yourselves teachers, and this ain't one teacher, said teachers. See, itching ears go after all kinds of different teachings. You'll see people, you'll see people that will communicate, and it's especially kind of dangerous today with people that have access to social media, because you'll see people put out, they'll, 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 they'll say amen to something about, something about Hare Krishna, and amen to Jesus, and, and amen to Buddha, and amen. They're, they're amen in everything. They're about everything that's out there, because they have itching ears. They want to hear somebody say something nice and good and kind and anything nice and good and kind. Everything nice and good and kind ain't from God. It really isn't. It really isn't from God. It really isn't from God. And it's a complicated situation. But sound doctrine allows us to recognize what's, what's not sound. To recognize what's not sound. So we value global evangelism because God values people, right? He values people because he loved them so much that he was only begotten son in that regard. So he did that. And so he, he's given us the ability to be made disciples so we can go do the work that he's called us to do as well. And that's going to all the word and preach the gospel. I'm looking at verse number uh, three, four, five. Someone just follow me along here the best you can. Uh, in the middle part of three about sound doctrine according to their, it, their own desires because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers. Verse number four. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, that but you just stands out real strong because he says, this is the distinction. I want you to understand this. But you, be watchful in all things. 
Because everything's going to come your way while you're being made a disciple. Everything's going to come your direction while you're being made, being made a disciple. As you're being made a disciple, someone's going to come to you with some kind of ear program that wants you to join. Someone's going to come to you with some kind of program that's going to sound like the gospel, but be so far from the gospel that you'll be going like, ah, is that God or not? I'm telling you, people will sound like they're, there's, there's folks in churches that are just heathens. In churches. And they quote the scripture and get the word of God right. But hear, hear this, there's a discerning spirit that will recognize the error of the way the scripture, the word is even delivered. Because, you see, the word can be delivered in a manipulative fashion. It's still the word, but it's being delivered in a manipulative fashion, which is not the spirit of God. And when it's being delivered that way, it's going to cause somebody to stumble. So that's why it says, study to show yourself approved unto God. You'll be a worker who's not ashamed. Oh, not the pastor. He said, no, you be a worker that's not ashamed. You rightly divide the word of truth. Dividing the word of truth means that the word of truth can come in ways that it looks like it's the same over here and the same over here. Wrong spirit over here. Divide it. Get rid of it. Get rid of the stuff that's not right. I'm telling you now, we're living in that day where itchy ears are out there. People, meet, people want to be made disciples are not really there anymore. People don't want to be made disciples. People don't want to be made disciples, but it's our responsibility to do what? To make disciples. To make disciples. Okay. Let me move on. And they will turn their ears away from the, from the truth and be turned to fables. But you be watchful in all things. And this, here's, here's the tough part for us. Endure afflictions. Because when we're, in, we're being watchful in all things, there are going to be some times that we still get hit. How many of you know that you get hit in the battle? How many of you know sometimes you get wounded in the battle? How many of you know that sometimes it's, it's complicated to, to get shot by your own person, oh by your own team member? Isn't that bad? In the battle. He says, do, he says this, endure afflictions. He didn't say where they're going to come from. They will, you will be afflicted, though. He said, endure afflictions. Now, not just say, oh, I see it. No, endure it. Deal with it. Go through it. There comes a time. This is not part of the message, but I'm going to say it anyway. There comes a time in our lives where we can kind of go around things, or we slip under things, or we sometimes go over things. And and then it gets to a place where it's completely blocked, and you can't do any of those. You can't go around. Can't go over, can't go under, can't go to the side. You got to break through. You got to just plow on through the thing. You got to see yourself on the other side before you get to the other side. You got to see yourself on the other side. Not not only seeing yourself on the other side, but seeing yourself go through to get to the other side. See, it takes more than just wishing and hoping and praying and and thinking it's going to be okay. Listen, by faith. We're walking by faith. And you see, the walk of faith does not mean that there's not obstacles in the way. That that means that you're going to walk by faith. And see, if the obstacles are in the way, that means that the walk is going to move the obstacles out the way. I've got to break through situations. You see, 
Belharazim. Breakthrough requires hitting. Ah. 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 And you keep on hitting. Though your knuckles may be bleeding, you keep on hitting. Though your toes may be bleeding, you keep on kicking. Man, they, the bottom of your feet may be bruised to all, all kind of get out. You keep on walking. And you keep on walking until you get to the other side. You see, because you can't get around. The way you used to get around. The way you used to kind of slide under and slip under a little bit. The way you kind of, maybe there's a little, little hole at the top up here. I'll just climb up and hop out that way. You can't get out. You've got to break through. You see, endure affliction does not mean that I will continue to put up with affliction. I'm enduring it for, okay, I see that, but I ain't going to stop doing what I got to do. I, I, I see that too. I'm not going to stop what I got to do. I'm going to go ahead and break through. So breaking through, you said what's part of the message, but so breaking through is a big part of what we do. It's a big part of what we do. We've got to continue to break through. So endure afflictions. And then the very last thing he says is, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Now, what that tells me is that the job of the evangelist is hard. It's, it's complicated. Because if we have to do the work of an evangelist, imagine what the evangelist is doing. He's breaking through situations in people's lives with the word of the word of God, of the, the word of the kingdom that's causing people to say, yes, I want to come in. I mean, the evangelists that has altar calls are having people come to the altar, not only to get saved, but to receive their kingdom citizenship. Come on, talk to me. They're getting kingdom citizenship that that was rightfully theirs in the beginning of time. But they lost it all because God meant for every one of us to have kingdom citizenship in the beginning. But we lost it because of our friend Adam. But as a result of that, today we have kingdom citizenship because we have now Jesus Christ, the righteous, the King of kings and Lord of lords. The one that desires for us to be in, listen, to be in the kingdom where he is. Heirs of God, join heirs with Jesus Christ. That's what he wants of us. So the evangelist. The evangelist is the one that breaks the rock. He breaks the rock in your life. He's the one that breaks the rocks that, you, that, are, that have got you bound behind that thing that won't allow you to get into the kingdom. That hard case, that person that's been desiring to have a new life and, and not understanding what in the world it's all about, have come to understand now that the preaching of this word here, the preaching of this word here, it's breaking up follow ground all around me. It's you know, rocks that are in front of me. And I'm now able to walk through, break through, come on through, and receive what's called kingdom citizenship now. Oh, I'm saved. I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm living in newness of life. Things have changed in my life to a degree that I now understand that God wants to do something with my life, so I need to be now be made a disciple. See, be made a disciple. Be made a disciple. So he's told us to do that very thing. He said for us to to do the work of an evangelist. That mean, does, does that mean you're an evangelist? No. It says to do the work of an evangelist. Now, I want, I want you to understand something. He didn't say when to stop. <laughs> he, he didn't say, 
do, do, do the work of an evangelist temporarily. He says, he says, fulfill your ministry. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Familiar, fulfill your servant to mankind. Fulfill your service to the Lord as you're here in the earth. Make full proof of your ministry, if you will. To make full proof of your ministry. Now, your ministry may be something totally different than that of an evangelist. But as you're doing the work of an evangelist, you would certainly discover what your ministry is not and what it is. You see, as you're, as you're doing the thing that God's called you to do specifically, that's good. But he also said to do the work of an evangelist first. I, I'm reading the Bible. It says, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. You do this first, your ministry will prosper. Do this first, things will get better over here. Do this first, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, I'll propel you to a place that you've never been before. But you put my kingdom first, put my kingdom first, and bring more people into my kingdom, bring more people to become citizens of the kingdom, and you do that first, and have them to be made disciples, then I'll fulfill your ministry. When that begins to happen, we see some things happen differently for us. But see, we, we, get, we get so wrapped up into... Well, my ministry is. You know, we, we want to do all this kind of stuff and say, this is what my ministry is, and this is what I do in life, and oh, that's what they do. The Bible says, do the work of an evangelist. Listen, don't do the playing of an evangelist. Just do the work. That four-letter word, work. That means the evangelist, we know what he's doing over here. The evangelist is going to all the world preaching the gospel, right? But we have the same responsibility. He says, preach the word. He said, preach the word. Verse number two said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. So the evangelist is not only preaching, he's also teaching. He's also long suffering. He's also dealing with the saints of God as well. See, the evangelist comes in to get the, get the folks of, of, of the kingdom here to go out and do the work of an evangelist as well. We have a teacher coming, Marcel. He's going to be coming on October 2nd. He's a teacher. But he still does the work of an evangelist. He goes all over the world. India, different places, parts of the world. Does evangelism there. Does evangelism where he goes and teaches as well. But he's going to provoke us to do the work of evangelists. He's going to provoke us to go and become better stewards of the kingdom that God's given us. To become better citizens in the kingdom of God. He says we become better citizens in the kingdom of God. Let me say, when I say better, that means we're doing the work of an evangelist. We're doing the thing that God's called us to do. We're not, we're not, we're not waiting around saying, well, I'm waiting on my calling to come to fruition. I'm waiting on, people don't, hallelujah. People don't get sometimes, people don't get sometimes why they don't understand what their purpose in life is. Because they're not doing the work of an evangelist. You say you do the work of an evangelist, you make, you make full, full proof of your ministry. Listen, you, you'll figure out what you're called to do when you do the work of an evangelist. You see, no, not everybody's an evangelist, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm not an evangelist, but I have to do the work of an evangelist. Mm -hmm. I still have to. I still have to. And so as I'm doing, oh, this is good. Thank you, Lord. As I'm doing the work of an evangelist, I'm discovering more and more what my calling really is. Yeah, yeah. I'm discovering more and more what God has purposed for me to do. I'm discovering more and more why he wants me to do it. 
So I do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of my ministry. I exhort, I rebuke, I, I listen, I, re, I exhort, rebuke with all long suffering, do all that. And teaching, doing all that. And continually do that. Don't stop doing that. Don't stop doing that. Don't ever stop doing that. Fulfill your ministry. You want to fulfill your ministry? Everybody wants to fulfill the ministry. Do the work of an evangelist. I'm about ready to wrap up. I'm ready to wrap up. Here we go. Uh, okay. We value global evangelism because God values global evangelism. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what he said. God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Why does God love the world that much? To give his only begotten son. Because he loves the world that much to have them in his kingdom with him. God likes to share his kingdom. He wants to share his kingdom with those who he loves. He loves the world. That, but watch this. He loves the world that much that he made another way for them to get back to him again. To get back to the kingdom again. To get back to the kingdom again. So we love, we value global evangelism because God values global evangelism. God values the world. But also God values us. God values us. <laughs> See, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's value. That's value, right? That's value. God loves us. Matthew chapter 22, we're going to close out with this. 22, 37. 22, 37. 37. Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, that sounds like a very simple scripture. But lastly, we ought to value what God values. We know that God values us, and we know that God values the world. But we ought to value what God values. If we don't value what God values, we're saying that God's value is not valuable. <laughs> <laughs> we're saying that God's value is worthless. What God values is worthless. And we're even saying that we're worthless too because, you see, he loves us. His individuals, he loves us. But he also loves the world. In the same world that's not part of the church world, God didn't just die for the church world. He died, his son didn't die just for the church world. He died for the world, the entire world. And so because he values the world so much, we ought to value the world so much as well. Now watch this part. When we value the world the way God values the world, we'll have a pure desire in our heart to get them back to the kingdom. God valued the world so much that he wanted them to be in his kingdom again because it started out with us being part of this domain. He said that kings would come from Abraham and Jacob. Kings would come from them. Kings would come from them. They were to be fruitful and to multiply, just like Adam and Eve. So this process has continued from the beginning with Adam and Eve through Abraham, who had a covenant, and through Jacob, who functioned with the same covenant, to us who are children of that covenant or heirs of that covenant or descendants of that covenant, to the new covenant that we have with Jesus Christ and even a better covenant today. So because of the better covenant that we have, we should have a better reason to want to get the world into the kingdom. 
You see, the people of the kingdom ought not be selfish with the kingdom mandates, ought not be selfish with the kingdom benefits. These kingdom benefits are to be shared with those of the world so that the world can come into the kingdom and be discipled. So that the world can decide, listen, the world can be discipled, they come into the kingdom, they get to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they function in the ways of the kingdom, and they begin do the very same thing. They go out and preach the gospel. <laughs> they do the same thing, exactly, exactly same thing we do. They don't change. So because God, again, in the very beginning, this domain, do, dominion was given to man. Dominion was taken from man. The man forfeited dominion at that point. But dominion came back to man through Jesus Christ. And so because we received Jesus Christ, we say now we have, we have dominion. What, what Adam didn't take hold of is his discipleship program. We have a chance to get, get a hold of our discipleship program. We get discipled in the kingdom, and therefore we go out and make disciples to bring them into the kingdom. And so as they're coming into the kingdom, the kingdom continues to expand and expand and expand and expand and get stronger and stronger and stronger, and we see the kingdom of God. Watch this. Suffering violence, the violent take it by force. We're taking people out of the world. Evangelists, like an evangelist does convincing, rebuking, exhorting, with all long-suffering, and teaching. I will get you out of that mess you're in because I see it's not good for you. The evangelist may seem like he's, uh, really, like he's, he's, he's really kind of like beating people up. No, no, he loves them that much to not let them stay in the condition that they're in. He wants them to get out of that condition, and he has the way for them to get out, and that is to usher them into the kingdom, to help them get ushered into the kingdom. See, when we help somebody get ushered into the kingdom, when you've ever led anybody to Christ, you've done them a disservice if you just stopped at salvation. You can, now you're saved, go ahead and live your life. No, 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 no. You're now part of the kingdom of God. And because you're part of the kingdom of God, you now can be saved and live according to the ways of the kingdom. You see, watch this. God loved you so much, he gave his only begotten son for you, that you would have life. You'd have it more abundantly. He wants you to have it that way. So therefore, as you are now part of the kingdom, that kind of salvation is not something you're just going to get anywhere. That's kingdom salvation. That's eternal salvation. We're not talking about the kingdom of this world. We're not talking about the kingdom of this world. We're talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, listen, the kingdom of God has everything you need and ever will need. Things you've not even thought of for your life and your future. The kingdom has those things. The Bible even gives you a way to get it. He said to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You'll get those things when you get into the kingdom. So therefore get into the kingdom now. So the evangelist does that with that kind of fervor. That's kind of fervor we have to have. When we understand that the people of this world can't possibly, can't possibly live right or righteous without being in the kingdom are we hurting for them to be in the kingdom are we crying for them to be in the kingdom are we going to continue to let them yes and amen to buddha and and hari krishna and and, and muslim and all this other madness that's out there are we going to love them enough to say that's got to go because those are obstacles in your way you can't see that anymore see the kingdom of god let them see in a different way We've got to get our love relationship with God so strong 
that we realize that we're not just saved. We're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. We're not talking about that. But we are in the kingdom of God where all things that pertain to life and godliness happen to exist and come from. We have to get that to them so they can get saved, healed, delivered, set free, prosper, be in health, even as their soul prospers. They can get all the things that pertain to life and godliness because they're part of the kingdom. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless you for your word. We thank you, God, that we are walking in newness of life and your kingdom is come. Your will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray now for those under the sound of my voice that we all say we know Jesus. But there's some that may not have made a decision to walk in your kingdom ways just yet. I may, you may have given your life to Christ and you may have walked in this newness of life for a long time. But you don't understand what the kingdom has really done for your life just yet. You're not quite sure that beyond salvation is a thing called the kingdom of God. Listen to this. It's the kingdom of God suffers violence and violence taken by force. God has got you in this thing. He's brought you in because he wants to be able to use you. He wants you to be made a disciple. Not just one that's just existing in the kingdom. But somebody that's, listen, if you've come into the kingdom, he wants you to be a disciple. And so, Father, I thank you for those that are here today. That they'll become disciples today. Disciples today. If you're here this morning and you know Jesus is Lord and Savior, that's good. But if you're not understanding who you are in the kingdom just yet, I want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not quite understanding who I am in the kingdom just yet. I want to know who I am in the kingdom. I want to know who I am in the kingdom. I'm a disciple. I'm an ambassador as well. He said, we're ambassadors in the kingdom. We're, we're disciples in the kingdom. We're kings in the kingdom. Watch this. We're pastors and prophets, evangelists, and teachers, and, and we're all that in the kingdom. We're doing all the wonderful things that he wants us to do in this kingdom. Let's do it right. Father, I thank you for all those under the sound of my voice that we would take ourselves today out of this place and have a love relationship with you so strong that our love would just overflow to other folks that they'll be ushered into the kingdom because we have that heart's desire to see your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.